Hey y'all, this is Ginger DeVries, guest number 56 of the podcast encouraging you today to use your position to broadcast God's love. All things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who's called according to his purpose. God has sent Jesus to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. Freedom, my friends. That season may not be the thing that you wanted necessarily, but God needs you to learn something. God has given her an ability to help people change the narrative of their life. If you do not genuinely believe in prayer, then there's no point in doing it. Hindsight with God, you understand, but yeah, in the middle of stuff, you just gotta hang on and trust Him. We're not supposed to do for God, we're supposed to be for God. The doing is a side effect. God is able to bless you abundantly. If He can take care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, so more can He do for you. My family and my husband and I sat in the store before we opened and we just prayed over the store and that we would unapologetically show the love of Christ. It's all going to work together for your good. If you love God, you just continue to stay humble, seek God, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God's Word says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. We pray this episode is an encouragement to you to go out and use your position to broadcast His love. From Scotto Albritton Studios, here's your host, Ricky. Hey everyone, and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name, because it's all about Jesus living life on purpose for him. And today is a beautiful day. We are in the studio and we have the doors open and the birds are chirping. It's just a beautiful, glorious day. Clear skies here in Pensacola. We have Risa Reeves with us. She's a Haiti advocate. Her and her family oversee a ministry for family-based care in Haiti, and she also works with Haiti School Programs as a consultant. So we're going to dive all into it um, just because we love Haiti, and we love you, Risa Reeves. So how are you? Thank you. Good. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) Okay, okay. So tell us about you and your family and just your love for Haiti. Um, Yeah, my family and I... Well, my husband and I began in missions many years ago, and it led us to eventually move um, our whole family with three children. At the time, they were two, four, and six to Haiti. Wow. And we stayed for almost eight years. And, you know, for the unfortunate political instability Haiti has been struggling with in the last recent years, um, we had to make the hard decision to leave for the security of uh, for the security of our family, but also just so our kids could have consistent care we hit a wall um and we didn't want to leave we wish we could go back and until the lord says we can we're here your family loves haiti Mm -hmm. i mean they love it so tell everyone paint the picture if you will about your family dynamic just for your love for haiti because you're all involved i mean just even your kids love haiti um yeah there's it's it's uh the other home Um, And I hope that we can, you know, keep it in our space. We try to recreate a lot of our home space here in Pensacola to, you know, remind us of the home there culturally, with food, with pictures, with, uh, you know, we speak Creole and the kids have forgotten a little bit of their French. Really? Well, I think that. Do you speak it? Parlez Creole. 
Okay. And that means I speak Creole. Okay. Spencer and I and the kids learned Creole um, living there. And then the kids went to a formal French. Well, the school systems are primarily in French, but yeah. that's slowly changing to be a blend of both uh, valued Creole and French. So Creole is a mix of um, Spanish, French, English, and some other languages. But it has now its own formal language in the I think eight years ago it was formalized. Okay. So Creole is the main social language. Okay. French is the formal language. So we try to keep it. I mean, Spence and I, because we both, my husband, Spencer, uh, we both still work with programming there. We still get to speak Creole quite often. Yes. So you all work, you oversee yeah. a ministry <laughs> for family-based care. Yeah. So tell us about that. Well, we went to Haiti originally to work with an orphanage and the Short version is we worked for the orphanage and we loved that, but we began to learn that a lot of the kids were poverty orphans. They Mm -hmm. weren't true orphans. So circumstances were all unique and Mm -hmm. we began meeting family members, learning the language, and that shed a whole new light on Haiti. Um, Stepped away from orphan care to learn uh, culture and just structure of the, the environment there. And that led us to a journey of just being present in the country that we called home um, and meeting uh, all sorts of Haiti. Um, And then we worked in a variety of ministries, the church, business, as missions. um, And we continued to have our hands in different projects, but we were protective of making sure anything we did was sustainable focus not just immediate emergency relief. Um, Emergency relief was necessary at times, but that was not our field we felt like the Lord was calling us to. And then family-based care came up over time as we learned culture. Um, There's a woman there who I called my Haiti mama, my Haiti grandma, basically. She taught me a lot about the culture and then many friends who are Haitian who taught us the other side of their perspective. Yeah. And then we began to see and learn that Haiti just needed a little more support on family care to prevent orphans. Okay. So we got invited back to the original orphanage that we had worked for to impact the effort of family-based care. And that means they wanted to pursue the family that these kids came from. And they were all case by case. So we, we considered the position and then we stepped in Um, They welcomed us back in to change the mission and vision to family-based care. So we started off with obviously studying each case because every child's different. And we found family. And then we began the process of counseling and doing a lot more social work. We built up our social work uh, staff and the office. We did different programmings that really came around the holistic approach of a family, not just the child. Um, the child needed to be protected, of course, and watched over, but we wanted to pull in the whole family. So that was about four years of redevelopment. Wow, that's a long time of yeah, working in that hard environment of yes. connecting families together. And it's every child's situation is so drastically different. So no yeah. case looked the same. Um, and then every family had different locations or um, resources or skills or capacity right so that turned into just what we do today Um, and we've been 
recognized by several other organizations who basically we are unpacking what it looks like to do family-based care on a higher level. And so now what we are so grateful to do is coach other orphanages to do the same thing. I love that. And so it's turned into a service to other orphanages. Um, and basically the purpose is to do orphan prevention um, wow. and family increased support. You so. go from working to get children adopted to mm-hmm. supporting orphans to get back with their family. Yes, with their biological family. And that wow. might mean not the mom or dad. It might mean the grandmother. It might be an aunt and uncle. It might be a community. Um, and in one case, we have our nanny who was part of the orphanage for many years who grew a good healthy bond with a child that doesn't have a family option and um and so that became an option later um we've explored we're learning from other organizations worldwide that haiti's very unique in its own but we have been able to partner with other organizations that have similar scopes in their countries um and exchange resources and learnings and then we're applying that to what we do in Haiti um it's all it's it's never easy every family dynamic is really difficult it might be uh difficult because of poverty it might be difficult because of health it might be difficult because of relational discord and Mm. strife um which you know our social work is where we rely on trying to determine the best situation for the child and the family so we don't just look at the child's need because ultimately that child needs their family so the the need is equal to look at a a family situation and not just rescue the child and care for them alone um it's putting value on the mother who struggled It's putting value on the dad who looks terrible to a community because he might be considered the deadbeat, but there's a reason he's in that place. Wow. So it's like, hey, why did this father get here? Yeah. Well, he has trauma and nobody really recognizes that. They just want to look at the surface. And that takes therapy. So yes, we've been looking at, there's a natural bond that a child has to their biological family and we will look at the opportunities to keep the connection maybe they won't live together again maybe they won't be that close but there will always we want to always encourage the connection because that's by god's design that that child came from a family and it no family is perfect wow i know (laughs) i'm like you're probably speaking to so many hearts right now (laughs) i think about the the days of you know at home where my family might look good on the surface but we have our ugly days oh yeah <laughs> I mean, ditto you know i'm exhausted as a mom and i mean i mean i've made my mistakes saying yeah. things to a, my child that you know may not be acceptable elsewhere exactly so i think about the mom and i think about my own mom who struggled to keep us afloat yeah. with dad who tried his hardest but he didn't have the upbringing to you know, so yeah. every family is has its issues. Right. And if we separated family because we had issues, then all of us would be separated. Amen. Right? Like, I mean, we, <laughs> Lord have mercy, we'd all be in a different country. <laughs> yeah. So we can't just go to a, you know, yeah. underdeveloped nation and say, hey, you have problems, protect this child. Well, 
I mean, look at right at your own home. We all have problems. Right. So the the thing with your story that is is crushing me is that you go over to Haiti with a mindset to do one thing and God totally flipped the script. Yes. He uh, punched us in our guts. <laughs> You're like, I'm God, I'm over here for I, ministry. Um, we were really shocked by the turnaround and, and that wouldn't have come unless we embraced the culture and language. Um, if we had come in and just stayed in our, our knowledge of what we learned in America and then continue to just push that agenda, it, it doesn't work. I mean, there's enough evidence now that shows it just doesn't work. However, we come from a very blessed nation of resource. Very blessed. So if we can find a way to use the resources that we've been given, we've mm-hmm. been privileged to have access to, right. and apply it to a culture that has need, but honor their their way of life and their culture and their values, mm-hmm. um, then it it works to share. But it's not my, it's not my culture. It became my culture a little bit. Yeah. I became, I I became a sister to, you know, the Haitian community. Um, we're all different, right? So, yeah. I just can't push what I know, my upbringing. What I did learn, my husband and I learned, is by coming in. And learning language and culture, we began to see how we could help and partner with the people, not oversee them. Right. So yes, we oversee programming, but you really, do oversee the programming as far as a leadership yeah, perspective goes. Yeah. I mean, our funding is is mostly from the states, right? And so naturally, we're, we we sort of are this liaison, right? I feel like you know our, our foot was there for eight years. Now our foot's here. But we're we're the in between, yeah. So we get to support and encourage those that are supporting Haiti, how to do that with best practices, mm-hmm. how to avoid corruption, um, red flags to look for, and also to reflect on our own. How how do I say this in a positive way? Our own thinking, our own way of belief needs yeah. to be considered heavily with those on the ground right who've lived in it who've who are Haitian yeah. who are healthy um, Christian-based leaders and those that aren't because there are leaders there that are amazing maybe they don't know the Lord but they actually will work with us um, so we just it's a tough it depends on the situation of course it depends on the case but overall, I've learned that I cannot come into Haiti and push my own agenda based on what I learned in America. It doesn't work. Um, but now that I've lived there for eight years, I do have a voice. I do have a understanding. And it, and I always, I practice going to my Haitian friends who are I value and trust and running it by them first. Um, those that have lived there, those that are there today. Yeah before I make decisions yeah. so or before I push a thought or an idea across the table of a program which is wise to do anyway yeah and I mean I do I try to practice that here but yeah it's unique it's a unique landscape it's the closest country to the states that's in that condition um 
So naturally, it's more convenient for us to support. It makes sense for us to support Haiti because it is close by. It's our neighbor. We should love our neighbor. And mm -hmm. that is our neighbor that is struggling. Yeah. Um, you know, we need to do it here locally, too. Yeah. Um, that's a big thing, too. If you haven't served in your own local community and understood the scopes of need, I really try to avoid engaging people for Haiti work unless they know and have practiced it in their own back door. Right. So, That's really wise. I hear Bob Goff. I listen to his yeah. podcast. I love it. Um, and he always talks about loving your neighbors and mm -hmm. being there for them first. And if you can do that, then you can do something yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> you can go a little bit farther and a little bit farther. And, right. You know, and right. it is true because it takes humility to love your neighbor and it yeah. takes humility to move to Haiti and change everything you guys went over there for, to do. Yeah. And when you were saying it, but the picture that was coming in my mind is servant leadership. And that is how Jesus led. Mm -hmm. He was a servant and we are to do the same. We are to be the difference. And so when you were just talking about breaking down the word of oversee as a Christian, we are servant leaders and you listening, you are a servant leader. And so whether that means you're cleaning the toilet at where mm -hmm. you work or wiping down the table or whatever it is in that role, we are to be servant leaders. I think that's just a good reminder. And I thank you for that, for sharing that with us, you know, cause yeah. that's, you, you might oversee something, you might lead something, but you're also a servant leader, you know? Yeah. I, I just imagine the kids watching us, you know, at our desks and their children are looking up to like, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to be. But if they don't see us serving yeah, in, in the natural ways, you know, walk, taking a walk or wiping the toilet yeah. and cleaning up the kitchen, then what's, there's a, there's an unbalance there. Um, I love at Easter the the reminder of you know Jesus washing our feet. I mean, wow, we're just yeah. talking to the kids about that and just how humbling that is. And yeah. you do that with your loved ones. Um, can we do it with a stranger? I think if we the Lord's calling you to, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's necessary. You go out and just do it to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a platform there that you know the Lord's prepping our hearts for, but. And your heart's got to be in the right place. But right. Exactly. Am I willing to? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, you are. Let me encourage you with that. You are. <laughs> okay. I want to ask you a little bit more about Haiti and your family and the favorite Bible verse that's helping you in this season. It should really be your favorite Bible verse that is encouraging you in this season. Um, but before we talk about that, I just want to read this verse as a clarifying verse to what we're talking about right now. And I read it this morning. It's Romans 8, 5 through 6 in the ESV. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Mm -hmm. And how Christians look at life should be different than how the world looks at life. We are supposed to be living a spirit-led life. And God's word is alive. So we read it, we learn from it, and we go forth and do from it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you were just talking about washing feet, yeah, maybe, maybe you do have to. If you're living a spirit-led life, it's not going to look normal. Yeah. It's, it's, um, 
it's definitely humbling. I think I think the spirit like actually a couple of weeks ago, my husband and I were at this beautiful retreat. Um, our organization, Child Hope, is part of CAFO, um, Christian Alliance for Orphans, is what it stands for. Okay. And they um, they are a huge resource to us, a network. Um, one Million Homes is another one that um, has been helping us with programming and initiative. And um, gosh, we've learned so much from them. I mean, we're just students, constantly students, and we get the privilege of applying their their learnings and resources elsewhere but I think about we we mess up a lot too yeah. I mean um I, we try to own those mistakes and it's a scary place because we're working with families so when we mess up it's it, it, it we hurts. fear how does this mess up look well yeah. I can't control it all there's only so much we can do we just try to seek wisdom and knowledge from people, but being spirit-led is really... I was challenged a couple weeks ago by John Eldridge. He yeah. wrote Wild at Heart. Oh, my goodness. He, I just finished yeah. his his book. Oh, my goodness. And okay, he's wait. got a new one coming out. Um, I love John Eldridge, y'all. Uh, if you haven't listened to him or gotten one of his books, <laughs> okay, time out, because I have got to tell y'all what book I just finished by him, and it is fantastic. Get Your Life Back Girl. Okay, I haven't read that one yet. I don't think. I think I have it. But so we just sat oh at gosh. a very intimate retreat with him a few weeks ago. Stop it! And he just I have led the whole thing, and it was totally about spirit led yes. life. But he challenged us on our one on one with Jesus. You did not get discipled by John Eldridge. I just did, and it was my husband and I were just like so filled that weekend. Um, and this is a room of, uh, gosh, I mean. If any of them are listening, I loved being with them. This is a room of leaders of multiple organizations um, all over the world. And we all work with vulnerable families. Vulnerable children is is our, our connected work. Um, so we all do different things, whether it's school initiatives in the States or overseas, like family-based care and orphan care. Wow. It, it, so it's a small group John Eldridge led, and he pushed us especially now with covid after we've seen the impact of isolation and the strife of different opinion on vaccine and whatever yeah your position is on that the the impact it's had on our our mind body and soul has just been really hard and meanwhile we're still trying to move work ahead and yes. make impact well that's disrupted a lot and it's um, really shifted the world and everything else going on, right? Well, he's he really was challenging us, like, what does it look like for you to spend time with Jesus? Are you talking to him? And, he, and he, I loved that he was really playful on this because he was reminding us that Jesus is, is a friend. He's fun. Yes. I mean, look at scripture, like how comical he was. Uh, who was it in the boat with the fish? I was just watching that. And just oh, like, and the chosen. Oh, go yes, on the other were. side. Yes, the chosen. And like, yeah, 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 he's yeah. reminding us, like, God's kind of funny. Yeah, like don't don't just look at Jesus in your relationship as this dreary guy that's like you know, yeah, trying to make you do things you don't like. That's not. I mean, we always go to him right when we're in need. But what about just hanging out and yes. talking about? the things we're thankful for. I, I, I'm not good at that. I'm always looking at, what do I need to fix, God? Why aren't you helping me fix this? Yeah. I'm like, what do I need to do next? What do you want me to do yes. next? Which this John Eldridge book really helped me with that. And that yeah. actually is the reason why the doors are open today. Because Aww. his book 
he uh, has horses. And he said that in the beginning of the book, he talked about how his horse, when it wants to relax, goes, you know, <laughs> and he's like, D- try it sometime. Yeah. And so I'm like listening to this audiobook. you know, who knows? I was probably at work and I'm like in the back office, <laughs> like a horse and it relaxed me. Okay. So if don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> I know right. you did it. No, it's so true yeah. because he was challenging. I mean, Relax. these are, this is a room full of all leaders, right? Yes. And he was challenging us to really, he actually walked us through prayer time, intimate prayer time. Like he was, you know, pushing our limits, um, our natural limits of like, and, and there's controversy about John Eldridge because of this stuff, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Don't Unplugged. knock it until you try it. And unless you try it, it yeah. in a genuine way. Like, go into it really abandoned yeah. to what Jesus might do. Amen. I'm pretty sure you're going to be surprised. Jesus, what do you want to do with me? What do you want here? Because this is so above us. I'm listening. <laughs> for the first time, I've never listened to him. And meanwhile, one of my dear friends is getting mentored by him. So, man, <laughs> every time we do these interviews, I'm always reminded that nothing is on accident. Yeah. Life is on purpose. Right. Because of Jesus. Right. You know, I mean, it's just so good. It's so rich. Like in his book, he talks about listening to the trees, listening to the birds, listening to the nothing, like listening to nothing Yeah, and being okay with it. It's, uh, I am a doer. I want to fix things. I'm constantly strategizing and consulting on like, you know, projects of like calculating all the different scopes of it and and my big thing is networking like who do you know whose strengths are there right in front of you that you want to glean from and it's a blessing to them and you and being able to apply that um but it's so fun to watch how the lord is really intertwining multiple people kinds of people um and i yeah we were just super blown away by our weekend um we went to Colorado Springs and oh my goodness can you say a little bit more because in like for you all listening you have to know (laughs) Risa is really passionate about social media and educating our young adults on social media and the pros and cons of it oh yeah I don't I'm not a fan of social media you're not a fan of it it is part of our world education is big for you though huge Mm -hmm. we did homeschooling for many years and I have a I have a very unique perspective on education in general. Yeah. Um, it can be done in so many ways. Right. Um, and, you know, I think the world had to be challenged, was challenged in COVID to explore different ways. Yeah. And for us, my kids came back to America after being on a lockdown for two years. So coming to a lockdown America was not an issue where the world was a, a standard American home with freedom that we get. Um, was pushed to be on lockdown and we got to really relate and help people through that I hope yeah Um, you know we got to explore taking a walk because we couldn't do that in Haiti on our lockdown that was a total different lockdown that was a security lockdown not a medical lockdown of distance but isolation is pretty scary um, when you're closed off from people and friends and family for so long Um, that's kind of a rabbit trail I suppose but but you know, the point. all that to say is you guys came to the States and social media was like, yeah. bam, this well, is an issue. It is an issue. It was, well, we had internet 24-7 here, there in Haiti. We didn't have power most most of our days. Right. So we were forced to have some boundaries on our time on 
internet and social media. It was our link to family, though. And so I'm super grateful. Um, we started out with Facebook Messenger on, right. on video. And then that grew into like Zoom calls and FaceTime and all those things developed over the years. But um, I think you're doing a good job of parenting right. through social media and being educated on what it is, what it does, and what are the things as a parent to look for to coach your children through it. I think you guys are doing a really good job. It takes time though. Ooh, it takes like really stopping. Spencer does it best. I mean, he's really researched and he has the knowledge more than I do. Um, I kind of am exploratory, but my kids, you know, this is all new to them. Mm -hmm. The level of social media and everyone in they're in public school, so they have, everyone has a phone except my kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not true. My oldest has one. The two youngest, you know, they want one, and we will they we'll get there. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there yeah. anything you can say to encourage parents who might have kids your age in this social media lifestyle? I think um, not to reprimand, but I, I think it, I'd have to be bold and say you have to make the time to engage your child's um, connection to any device, not just social media, any, I mean, we have, we have a world of internet and it's a scary world cause it's happening very fast. Mm-hmm. It really just takes time. But I, I hope what they would learn is more about their child and their child. I think, I think our children of mine at least have respected me when I take the time to, I actually asked my kids to teach me how this function works and they they usually know how to do it <laughs> yeah I mom mean, and encouraging them in it down. like how the, it can be used for good because there's a lot of good that it can do it really can mm-hmm. it's a free way to market well I most mean, of our work on. is on it now i mean we're yeah. connecting with our multiple programming yeah. programs are i mean our platforms for collecting data and watching and tracking our resources is really all through the internet right it's not handwritten anymore so I have to be thankful for it and find a way to encourage it uh but it takes time to learn it it does and and actually yeah. it takes time but there's so many videos out there now like you can look up I how do you do this oh yeah watch a two-minute video yeah how do you do a podcast done okay <laughs> yeah I mean I didn't know I don't have a friend who has a podcast who shouldn't be able to do this like <laughs> I mean it's and somebody has a video out there probably on YouTube that says this is how to do it. (laughs) So, um, wow, this is such a rich conversation. I was not expecting this. Is there anything (laughs) you wanted to share with us from, and we're going to talk about your favorite Bible verse, but is there anything from the John Eldridge Um, conference that you wanted to say to encourage the listener? Um, I think my biggest takeaway was, um, he brought us through a time of prayer, which we can do, you know, on our own. He brought us through a time and he asked, okay, I want you to listen like really listen and you might hear him a key word or you might see a picture. And, and for me, I can just share my own. Um, for me, he challenged me not to shelf this concept. Um, I had, I've prayed, I write, I journal, I paint, like I, I feel like I'm connecting with the Lord, but I don't really see him as a friend that I could sit and have coffee with, like what we're doing now. I don't see him that way. I feel like I try to acknowledge his presence is everywhere, Amen. but I do need to stop and sit with him like this. And I, and I don't, I, I think I do, but I, but really, if I'm being honest, I don't stop and make the time. I try to in the morning, I try to in parts of the day, I ask him, 
So when John Eldridge brought us through like intentional prayer time, um, making that time happen, like really making it happen and then listening, just listening. I don't have to always talk to him. He knows my thoughts. He knows all my thoughts. He's all knowing. Exactly. Which blows my mind. I know. Because so listening is the challenge. Listening is the challenge, (laughs) especially for people. Yeah. (laughs) Who are like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to wear today? What do you want me to eat? What time should I do this? Should I ask this person to lunch? Should I ask this person a coffee? Should I, whatever. I have to go to work right now. So it's funny you said that because that's (laughs) exactly what he said. He goes, you need to bring them in this simple stuff. And, and then he he has all the grace, and people usually do too, when you really listen and he says, yeah, you can have that person over for dinner. Do it. It's not going to hurt anybody. Yeah. Or, oh, I mean, y- you have to consider your whole family, right? But Yeah, your um, priorities. That's yeah. what I've learned. God first, it. husband, uh-huh. kids. That's right. Tell me if this is how you yes. guys do it. God, family. Okay, God, husband, kids, extended family, like family. Yeah. And then, and then work and then yeah. friends. Yeah. Is that weird that I put and, work in front of friends? Do, uh, what do you do? Ministry. Okay, ministry. I feel like. Same thing. It's hard. Hey, your work is your ministry. Yeah. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Like, come on, let's go disciples. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's just, uh, Spencer reminds me very gently and lovingly that he is not my first, that Jesus is. Amen. And he and I can't be well unless I'm connected with the Lord first. Oh, that's so rich. But wow. You know, oftentimes I switch it. I know I do too. Uh, It's just because our husbands are so cool. I mean, if they weren't so cool, we wouldn't have this this issue. This is totally (laughs) true. I'm so glad to have a cool husband. Oh yeah. No, you guys are awesome. We love going to church with y'all. Favorite Bible verse. We're finally going to talk about it. I think, I think right now, um, Ecclesiastes 5, and I'm going to skip down to, it talks about riches are meaningless. Um, well, verse 8, if you see the poor oppressed in a district and justice and rights denied, do not be surprised at such things. For one official is eyed by a higher one, and over them both are others higher still. The increase from the land is taken by all. The king himself profits from the field. I'm going to skip down. Because it keeps going into just the wealth of the world um, and how often that overtakes us. Um, and I'm going to go to Pinterest. Verse. Yeah. Uh, insert verse. Pinterest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now skip down to the next kind verse. Of what you were talking about earlier, the verse in Romans. Yeah. But it, it goes on all these examples. And the last example is all their days they eat in darkness with great frustration affliction and anger that can be our days I mean I feel like that most days right yeah but in verse 18 this is what I have observed to be good that it is appropriate for a person to eat to drink and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them Mm -hmm. for this is their lot Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. Amen. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. Wow. And that's where I feel challenged. I'm like, I got to be, I need to find gladness. And it's been an exhausting season of, of 
repenting of loss, of transition, letting go of a life that we knew it in Haiti, mm -hmm. but seeing how glad we can be in what he's doing, because he knew this before I did. Um, but the losses are hard, and I can still be glad because I know he is good. Um, and you're this finding is the lot he's given. This is the lot. I mean, a total change. You guys are here in Pensacola and doing life here and had to find a new church and schools and now social media and something in your scripture said, find satisfaction in your work. And yeah. I, I think you're finding that. Would you say? Spence and I both have uh, humbly been satisfied at the work we do, but it is so grieving. So juggling the grief of our work in an underdeveloped nation with vulnerable people um, and but living in America and having a you know the the luxuries of America I mean mm -hmm. our freedom is is a gift um, the land we live on is a gift we have a fair system of justice not perfect but it's fair yeah. and so we work really hard to take those resources and apply them to a vulnerable state. Um, how we do it is tricky and has to be led by the Lord because if it's led by our flesh, I become, I don't know if you do Enneagram, I'm the number eight. You I'm are? Kind of, yeah, I'm an eight. Oh my gosh, I love and it. And I, I get real, real passionate about justice. Yes, and so go sister. I can take what yeah. I have here and really try to build it big for the sake of others um, care. I have a huge passion with that, but it can go to flesh real fast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're uh, reading a book in our small group. It's called Live No Lies by John Mark Comer. And the wife will say to the husband when uh, he gets like real, don't be fleshy. Yeah. Don't totally. be fleshy. I'm like, oh, well, I need that for myself. Like, I don't get be there fleshy. really fast because yeah. I want to do, I want to fix things. I want to, I will go to bat to protect somebody yeah spirit-led life you got this sister you but got the spirit this. needs to yeah lead it <laughs> yes god whatever you want your will be done not my will but your yeah. will be done um is there anything else you want to say with that scripture to encourage the listener i love verse 18 this is what i have observed to be good and um it's appropriate for all the basics right it says it appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given. Um, I just, I want to live in the now, but I, I, I fall short often of looking ahead to make plans. Yeah. And so I guess I would encourage, try to reminding myself here too. That's good. <laughs> to um, what's today, what's right now in front of you. Yeah. I mean, Planning's wise, seeking the Lord for what's ahead, you know, making good investments and in, 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 in structures is important, but don't miss what's happening yeah. right now because there's so much going on right now. I mean, I have to stop and look at my child when they come in, hey, what's going on? Or just stop and just sit with them. Oh, I need to practice that more. Going to bed at night and laying down with them and Spending yeah. two minutes even. It doesn't take much. Especially when you've had a hard day. Like the verse oh, talks about. You were talking about anger. And yeah. like, 
like, ah. Yeah. I've got a young man, and he's just an amazing young man. And we both are so much alike, so we butt heads. Yeah. But we both know that. And so we both have been trying to just um, recognize it for each other so that we can not let anger get in between our relationship. Um, because we, we're both just trying to help each other be stronger. And we are so... I just love his his manhood he's coming into. Yeah. And when I can see it for what it is now and what he's learning and, and not take things personal. We were talking about that earlier. Oh, yeah. Uh, just I don't know how you can't take it personal. They're growing. It's your I, flesh and blood. Yeah, how can you not take it? Blood. Yeah. And and I see myself. And um, so yes. when I remind myself and in those moments, I'm like, hmm, that was me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. And to have grace on him and to uh, John Mark Comer is talking about this in his podcast. I take in a lot of content, you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's talking about seeing your kid's gift and speaking life to those gifts and encouraging them in those gifts. It's so valuable yeah. to just look at your child and tell them how they, how gifted they are at certain things. Yeah. It's easier to pick up or notice their mistakes though. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm, I'm trying to switch my gears more often. I have to parent, but I, t- I told the teacher this um, once. He messaged about a, a m- one of my kids and I s- a problem in class. Yeah. And I said, thank you for letting me know. I need you to tell me the good of his day, too. If yeah. you're going to spend the time to write, please tell me what he's doing great good at. at. And then I sent the message and I felt so convicted because I realized that myself wasn't really doing that at home. Yeah. With my kids. Amen. I was parenting and trying to raise them up and teach them, right? But in our teaching and parenting, we're actually just focusing on what they need to make better mm-hmm. instead of what's good now. So anyway, I try both, but um, I'm trying to make it more on the good. That is good. Uh, while you said that, the trash man just came by and picked up our trash. So if you heard that in the background, <laughs> get rid of that waste, take the trash out, and yeah. focus on the good. God makes all things new. <laughs> I think the trash only gets taken out once a week, right? Yeah. I don't we're know. I don't take it do out. It Riley does often. <laughs> or, yeah. I know. We're trying to take the trash out every day. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you're trying to take the trash out too much, stop looking at your trash. Yeah. <laughs> Start exactly. looking at the good. Yep. Oh, that was a stretch. The last thing that I wanted to talk to you about was this wonderful tea you brought me from (laughs) Haiti. And I'm going to taste it. I have had one sip earlier. It tastes delicious. And I'm going to have another sip because it's so good. And tell us about this coffee that it's Haiti coffee. And I've had Haiti coffee. Haiti coffee is good coffee. Strong. So tell (laughs) us about the coffee. And if people want to get it, you can get it. So tell us about it. Oh, gosh. I could name a number of organizations and friends. Um... The coffee can be ordered online. There's several brands. I don't think any of them you can go wrong with. Um, Second Story Goods is, is a, an awesome organization. They sell it online. Um, and gosh, I'm going to draw a blank on some friends. But if you look up Haiti Coffee, don't get it from Amazon. Get it from a, organiz- a small business organization. Second okay. Story Goods actually is a good resource. They mentioned some of our friends in Haiti, uh, various companies. Um, okay. I'll have to maybe share that with you another well, time. But if you have a link, we'll put yeah, the link in the description. I do have a link with the organizations I would recommend. Okay. Um, they sell the coffee. Okay, and, good. Let's do that. There's just a, several different companies, but I can okay. share that. Uh, okay. Avanti is another one a friend of mine just started. I haven't had theirs yet. I'm sure it's amazing, but it's from Haiti. Um, and I, 
might have even said the name wrong, so I'll share the link. Ivanti. Is it yeah. tea or coffee? That's coffee. Okay. Yeah. And um, the tea is is hibiscus petals dried and lemongrass dried. Lord have mercy. This so. is so good. <laughs> Everything about this conversation today has been so rich, including the tea. I guess this is my way of making I used to have it hot in Haiti, but now I, I do the cold, you know, the southern tea mm-hmm. version. But that doesn't have sugar. It has honey. Oh, um, it's so good. And it's just really subtle. I don't really put much sweetener. So um, this is what they make in Haiti? They do it hot, though. They steep the rose, the hibiscus petals. Okay. And then the lemongrass. And they have, you know, real sugar cane. So mm. they would do that in it. Oh, I miss that. But the smell, the aroma of it is really good. But mm. I grow, lemongrass grows great here in Pensacola. Really? So, I mean, obviously hibiscus do. Yeah. And you just take those petals after they start to coil up and you can dry them and steep them in hot water. Reese's recipe. Can we get the Reese's recipe for this in the description of this podcast as well? I can try to do that. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I can't give away all my secrets. Okay. That's true. Sorry. We can't do (laughs) that for you. There's no secret. That's just one way I try to keep Haiti at home. Yes. I'm going to take a picture of it and put it on Instagram. And if you can figure it out, God bless you. (laughs) Yeah. And I left, I mean, you, you can strain it, of course, so you don't drink the petal but yeah no I mean I'm, I think I'm it looks pretty it. with the petal in it I think it's beautiful with the petal in it looks like silk yes wow so. what a wonderful conversation is there any way that and I don't really know how to connect with you all and I don't know if you guys have a website or I know you guys take donations is there somewhere you can send people to connect with you guys to get yeah, more childhope.org okay. is the organization that Spencer you know, I, I'm not a formal staff, but I'm a, I'm, I was, and I still help, you know, when I can. Um, childhope.org. Okay. Um, and then that's the main place um, that our work is focused on. Um, I work with other organizations when I'm able to and, um, you know, stay in touch with many friends who work down there. So... We always try to advocate. I could share a list of a dozen or more organizations that we work with, but mostly Child Hope is our main focus okay. as a family. All right, childhope.org. Mm-hmm. Got it. Doing I just, orphan care. Yeah, and I just formally started working with an organization. Baraka Baptist Church in Brooklyn um, is the the church that birthed an organization called BCDC, mm-hmm. and they just acquired a program called Haiti One by One. And I'm getting ready to launch that, and that's just a school program that where we help support uh, sponsoring school students um, to and communities. And we're going to expand and hopefully help organization church, through churches um, who have schools to better equip their schools and assess them and train their teachers with partner organizations. And that's the work that you do with Haiti School Programs as a consultant? I am right now working as a program manager to relaunch a program called Haiti One by One. Okay. Yeah. We're and- redeveloping it because Haiti's gone through such political uh, and security issues so a lot of the landscape of work and school has changed in the last two years for Haiti I love you guys thanks it says on your website at Child Hope International our biblical approach to caring for widows and orphans compels us to create programs that address poverty and develop strategies to break the orphan cycle yeah yeah I have goosebumps 
you guys are doing good work. Thank you for sharing your testimony with us and your family and Haiti and your favorite Bible verse that's encouraging you in this season. Is there anything else you want to share with us? No, thanks for this time. Just to, I'm sure we could talk for hours and hours. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to share a friend's organization. I mean, being in Pensacola, Spence and I have been so blessed to be connected with a lot of people connected to Haiti. Um, you know, we get because we live there, we get a different perspective. We can mm-hmm. share and teach and encourage best practices. And it's been really a joy to meet number of people working for Haiti projects, but helping them really um, know what's going on on the ground in a new light because we haven't been able to go. Um, And I wouldn't recommend anybody go, um, sadly. I mean, I want to go as soon as possible, but I can't. Um, Our friends in Haiti say don't. And so, you know, unless... I would love to meet and and encourage anybody involved in Haiti and who misses Haiti, yeah, who's still working for Haiti stuff and just wants advice. Spence and I are an open door. Um, we love doing that. That's that's what I feel like the Lord has. Maybe why He moved us back to the states to be advocates. Um, we still get the privilege of working on programs, but yeah. I think a lot of our time has been spent with people who have been instrumental to support work in Haiti but may not have ever lived there they've they've visited right and their hearts are captured by Haiti oh yeah Um, I mean that's Riley and I's story yeah we went and met Haiti Bible Mission down there um and when the end of this podcast plays you'll hear Mark Stockland he's with Haiti Bible Mission him and his family are down in Jeremy Haiti which is about what would you say seven hours from Port-au-Prince yeah I mean because the roads are bad, it probably would be shorter if they had normal roads. Yeah. Oh yeah, those roads were intense. <laughs> when they when we went to Port-au-Prince and the plane wasn't working to get from Port-au-Prince yeah. to Jeremy, I remember Mark looked at us like, "Oh no!" Yeah. And there was a roadblock, and there were people oh, out with guns, yeah. and you know the whole night. It's a hard area to get to right now. It's yeah. just sad, but and that was years ago. Beautiful places of Haiti. Yeah, Jeremy was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, the water and the people and the church and how they celebrated Jesus just yeah. with arms up, just like celebrating. Jesus environment outside yes, outside and the children just embracing it and mm-hmm. there was this little girl I remember she had this beautiful pink dress on and she was reading her bible and it was upside down it was so cute she was just like really because it was what the adults were doing yep and so she was modeling what they were doing <laughs> she was so into it but the bible was upside down yeah, like, I think I think it's a it's a heartbreaking scenario because the landscape is so drastically different. And when you go and you, you touch and feel and smell and see the environment, it's hard to forget it. And so many people have been yeah. changed. I mean, they're, they've felt called to be connected to Haiti in some way. Yeah. Um, and so um, Spence and I have thought about trying to do a gathering. Um, we, you know, the landscape in Haiti has changed drastically in the last 10 years. And so we are hoping to do like a community gathering of people that are involved in Haiti and just share yeah. um, what life was like in the last recent years, because it's hard to understand the landscape now with the political instability and how it's impacted the work and um, the social um, environment of Haiti and why people can't go, why people shouldn't go, um, but why or how people can still certainly stay engaged yeah. and connected and so, give yeah and there are good groups down there to give to and mm-hmm. so Risa and her family are one of them 
And then you'll hear Mark here in a little bit talk about Haiti Bible Mission as well. So we just really appreciate you doing good work, not, I want to say for the least of these, because this is out of your comfort zone. (laughs) You know, if you're listening to this, who's the least of these for you? You know, I don't know. You're doing work. You could be doing a bunch of other things, but you're doing it for people in another country who really need your support in this specialized area that you're advocating for them, mm-hmm. consulting for their school programs, like, and you have the knowledge to do it. So thank you so much. At the end of every podcast, mm-hmm. we always pray, Father, decrease us and mm-hmm. increase you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hi, y'all. This is Nan Charland, the owner of the Laurel Oak Inn Bed and Breakfast in Gainesville, Florida. You can find the Laurel Oak Inn on the internet at laureloakinn.com or Facebook and Instagram, Laurel Oak Inn. Until we meet you in person, we certainly hope you're enjoying life to its fullest. <laughs>